This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Hey, SaveWithConrad.com has been saving people money everywhere all across the map. Justin up in Kernersville, North Carolina, left us a five-star review, and he said, Jimmy and Jennifer were amazing. The process was very clearly communicated, and I knew the status of my loan every step of the way. I was able to cut a point and a half from my interest rate and save $180 a month. It was an extremely smooth transaction and completely stress-free. Kudos to you guys. Now, kudos to you, Justin, for hearing our commercials here on the podcast and deciding, you know what, this is worth a shot. It's no cost. It's no obligation. I don't need perfect credit. And if they can't save me money, they won't waste my time. So what am I waiting for? Justin did it, and he's saving 180 bucks a month. How much money can you save? Find out right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. And, oh, yeah, we're licensed in more than 40 states. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, SaveWithConrad.com. I love talking about our friend Steven Singer. I'll tell you, the competition must really hate this guy. He just makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better, and he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every customer the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Head to Steven Singer Jewelers, and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than a guy sitting next to you. And here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The guy next to you may be paying less. Do you want the most important purchase of your life to be based on your negotiating skills? Not the case at Steven Singer. Because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven Singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. So check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a legend, an icon, the enforcer, and he's here to hang out with us today. How lucky are we? He's double A, Arn Anderson. How are you doing tonight, Arn? Well, first of all, so you and Tony figured out a moron, basically. No, never. Of course not. 
the word is out. <laughs> Listen. He is not my strong suit. Thank God my wife is here to assist me. And all I have to do now is just answer questions and just chat it up with you guys. So. That's right. Wives are great for that. So let's give a special shout out to Mrs. Arn Anderson for yeah. hooking us up with Arn this evening. That's awesome. And Arn, these lovely faces out here in this Zoomiverse represent some of your biggest supporters at AdFreeShows.com. And we fancy ourselves a fun crew, I think. Right, guys? So we're going to play a little game of Aren't You Glad? You guys thought I was stupid with Tic Tac Tony. This is even more stupider. More stupider. Aren't you glad? All right. Conrad Thompson has cultivated a spirit of positivity over here with our adfreeshows.com group, and I'm so thankful for it. So tonight, we are putting over positivity. It's time to get your pop, guys. Um, when it's your turn to ask a question of Mr. Arn Anderson, I want you to start with something positive. We will all raise our glasses, and this is called Aren't You Glad? It can be wrestling-related, personal Literally any good news is welcome here. Um, it's looking like football might not happen, so I really need some good news. Pull through. Come on, you guys. And we'll all just uh, raise a toast to whatever you are happy about tonight. So just start your statement with, aren't you glad? And we'll get some positivity going up in this Zoomiverse tonight. I would like to start with, aren't you glad that adfreeshows.com has a graphics guy and it's not left up to me and my Crayola markers? How about that? Cheers to it. All right, Arn, let's open up the floor. We got some guys um, waiting patiently to ask you some questions, and I'm going to start first with Mr. Jared Rollins, if he's here. Hello. We may have missed Jared already. Jared, let me know. I'll circle back to you if you happen to pop in over here. I'm going to pass it off next to Brandy. Brandy, are you there? I see you. Um, hello, Mr. Anderson. Hello. Um, I'm recovering from COVID, so please forgive my voice and if I cough. Oh, jeez. Oh, sorry. And, and sir, I, I'm a Georgia girl, too, so that's another reason you're my second favorite wrestler. Unfortunately, Mick Foley's my first. Um. But I have two questions, actually. One, why is the Wendy's chicken sandwich better than the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich? And do you have a story from your career that is um, either a, heat, uh, a prank perpetrated on you or something you perpetrated against another wrestler that really sticks in your memory? Okay, number one, those two chicken sandwiches, I think, are probably equal in value. Just depends on now I still haven't had the the Popeyes, believe it or not. I'm the only one on earth that hasn't had Popeyes. Me either. So maybe we can enjoy that one and compare that those notes at a later date. If that works for you. We'll see. Uh, yeah, a prank perpetrated on me. When I first left and came to Charlotte, of course Rick Flair was very instrumental and getting me booked with Jim Crockett Promotions. I left Pensacola. Uh, it was my first Charlotte show. I guess I'd been in maybe there a week or something, and I'm sitting in the locker room. And 
I don't know anybody, really. I don't really know Rick that well. I'd spent a little time with him when he would come to Pensacola. Or he'd been to a couple of places that I was in just a few days, and we kind of hit it off. So we're sitting in the Charlotte Coliseum, and I'm sitting there lacing up my boots, and I look up, and uh, in walk three Charlotte police officers. <laughs> Didn't think too much about it. I mean, <laughs> what the heck? So... I see him call Jimmy Crockett over and they're talking to him and, and, uh, they show him some papers and, uh, I go, wow, this looks serious. This looks like this may be something important here. And, and all of a sudden the cops walk over and you aren't Anderson. Uh, yes, sir. I sure am. Uh, they go, well, we have some, an arrest warrant here for Dothan, Alabama with your name on it. <laughs> Jimmy Crockett steps in, who played this to the hilt, and he goes, "Wait a minute, guys, hold, hold on. You got to. That's got to be a mistake here. You know, you guys are making a big mistake. No, sir, we have an arrest warrant for him, and uh, we're going to need to take him into custody right now. Well, right now I'm sitting there, my boots aren't laced. I've got on just my undertights, got on a t-shirt, and I am shaking." Like a bird dog shitting a peach seed. <laughs> so I stand up and I'm looking around. I don't see Rick. I don't see a familiar face. I don't see anybody. Uh, and Mr. Crockett now is still arguing with these guys. Hey guys, can't we work this out? You know, let's you know at least let him go work his match and then we'll talk afterwards. No. We're taking him. He's going to be held during the weekend. This was like a Friday night. We're going to hold him till Monday, and then they're going to come up from Alabama, and they're going to extradite him to Alabama. So now Jimmy Crockett, in his award-winning performance, he says, well, if that's the case, take him out the back door. Don't take him through the people. Nope. Nope. So they cuff me. They take me out the back door. Now, that's the longest walk in history. Put me in the back of the, of the uh, police car. Now, I'm talking to myself. I'm probably crying. I'm talking to myself. I don't understand any of this. I am flipping completely out. All of a sudden, I hear Flair laughing and that big nose of his mashed up against the police car window. He ribbed me. He got me. That's one of those that that you're so thankful when it's over and it was a rib, but it it was not funny. That's great. Pretty good story, huh? That's great. I love it. Yeah, it was terrible. It was horrifying. Awesome. I love these prank stories. These are my favorites. Thanks for that question, Brandy, and we're glad to have you. I'm not the only lady tonight, guys. Isn't that exciting? Just for me. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> Do you have an aren't you glad, Brandy? Uh, aren't you glad you don't have COVID? I wish you didn't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you so much. not fun. I bet. I can imagine. Glad you could make it tonight. Thanks for asking your question, Arn. We appreciate, we appreciate it. you very much. Yeah, you get well. well. We'll be thinking about you, okay? Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Next up, I got Josh Rosenbaum. Where is he? 
Right here. Right here. Hey, Josh. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Uh, Arn, I just wanted to tell you a couple things before my question. Here's my aren't you glad. Aren't you glad that uh, NWA had a reading promotion in the summer of 1986 and I had to read 10 books in order to get two tickets to an event in San Francisco at the Civic Auditorium where I saw the Four Horsemen the first time and 20 years later, 23 years later, I've been a reading teacher uh, at the high school level forever. So that was my motivation. I was never allowed to go because uh, my parents were too cheap. They said I had to earn it. So thanks for whoever put that library promotion together because it put me where I'm at today. Well, it sounds like your parents are very, very smart people. They, were, they are. They are. And you probably owe them quite a bit more than we've even got time to discuss, but congratulations on that. You know, most people grow up, me included, you know, in, in broken homes and stuff like that. And if you've got two parents that were that dialed into your future, God bless them, man. That's, that's a treasure trove of, of nothing but platinum right there, my friend. Thank you. Uh, my question is, is more of a, that question statement, May 5th, 2002. My son was born, and one of your best friends, Pee Wee Anderson, passed. Uh, so whenever it's my son's birthday on May 5th, he turned 18 this year, I think about Pee Wee. You got any special uh, Pee Wee stories that I can add to the memory bank uh, for May 5th, 2021, when I celebrate and remember them? Yeah, Pee Wee and I got in all kind of messes. You know, we're growing up. He was 98 pounds. He wrestled amateur at 98 pounds. He was barely 98 pounds. And, uh, you know, we would go to bars and stuff, and, and he was a pool shark on top of that. So you can imagine uh, that little guy with that big nose of his, Paul Mall stuck in his mouth, running the table on guys that had been drinking heavily, and he would break and they would never get a shot, nor would I as his partner playing doubles. So, I mean, Pee Wee had heat with everybody. I can't tell you the number of times guys have, have sl slammed their, their pool stick down on the table and said, you know, you hustled us and make, mm -hmm. a, make a move for Pee Wee. I'd have to shove him to the back, do all the fighting, ended up in the bottom of more piles than you could ever imagine. That's before we even got in the business. One story that was that you'll find amusing, I think, is uh, one of these nights, you know, we're there in Rome, Georgia, and not much to do. We went to the same, you know, couple of bars every night. Somehow we got separated, and I went home first. I think I might have had to get up early and go to work or something. He just said, hey, I'll get a ride over to your place, over to your granny's. You know, I'll be, on, I'll be behind you, not too far. So I'm in there and I get in the bed. Now the layout of our, my grandmother's house is you go from the outside into a, what used to be a screened in porch that had been made into a, another, like a regular room. But that's where we had a six foot freezer. My, my grandfather was a barber and he had his own vegetable garden and stuff. So he had a six foot freezer out there. He kept all the vegetables in. So, I'm in the bed asleep. I'm, I'm almost asleep or it woke me up or something, but I hear that outside door open. So I'm expecting Pee Wee to come on through the second door, which leads right into my bedroom. But 
you know, seemed like a long time, probably a minute or two. He never did. So I went, wait a minute. I'm wondering if somebody breaking in here, you know? So I go out that door, I creep it open. I don't see Pee Wee. I go out the second door. I'm looking around in the yard. I don't see Pee Wee. I don't see a, a car leaving. I don't hear anything. I start back in the house. I went, damn, that was weird. And all of a sudden, I hear, <laughs> and I went, what the hell? I'm looking around. And I open up the lid of the freezer, and there he is laying on the vegetable. <laughs> and the hell is wrong with you? What are you doing out here? Hell. Hell, I had to get cool for <laughs> Had I not came out, he would have spent the night and eternity in that six-foot freezer because there was nobody else that knew he was in there, and he was sound asleep. That's, that's a good point. one. That's, Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. I appreciate that. You're a good you, guy, Arn. You betcha, buddy. Thanks for thanks for being part of the family. We appreciate you guys more than you know. Hey, you've been doing a lot for us, just keeping us sane during this time. I know, man. It's been brutal, hasn't it? It really uh, has. School's not kids? up. Gosh, how many I, kids? I have three kids, but I've been teacher. We're not even going to open school in Arizona till December, and probably not the whole school year. They told us today, and we're we're the first state, and it's just going to keep trending nationwide. God, that puts you in a hell of a bind, I know. Yep, so I got to get used to this Zoom because this is how I'm going to have to teach. Well, you know, we're all having to do a lot of things that we never thought we'd have to do before. And, and I've, I've kind of assessed this, you know, I don't look at it. For me, just personally, maybe you can look at someone else's story. It'll help give you a little bit of, uh, you know, ease, ease, you know, as far as the headaches go. But this is the first time in 37 years in the wrestling business that I've ever got to sit down with my two boys and my wife and have dinner. So this has been a blessing in disguise for me. I missed everything that they ever did their entire lives growing up. You name it. So it's funny how you, other than look at the tragedies that happen, find something good in your day that you can go, you know, I never got to do this before, being, but now that I'm home, we finally got around to this because that's what I've had to do. And it's, it's been a son blessing. Anderson. This is my son, Andrew. Hello. Hello, Andrew. How are you? You said hi. Thanks, Arn. I'll let, I'll let you guys go. I can talk all night. See you guys. Okay, buddy. Take care. If you're a business owner, you don't need me to tell you that running a business is tough, but you might be making it harder on yourself than is actually necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and the old software you've no doubt outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue save both time and money with netsuite join over 24,000 companies using netsuite right now 
Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com forward slash ARN. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com forward slash ARN. That's netsuite.com forward slash ARN. Awesome. How's that for putting over positivity? Family time for Arn and his family. That's wonderful. Next, I got a question from James Sorensen. Where's James? I'm right here. Hey, James. Uh, uh, I'm grateful that I'm the youngest, probably, for this for this uh, Zoom call. I guess I guess what I'm thankful for is health in this time of crisis. Nice. Uh, Longest subject. Happy, my friend. It'll take you away from all this headache and and tragedy we're going through. It doesn't matter what it is. It, if it lives in your heart, lives in your head, that's awesome. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. My question is: um, You are the producer for a lot of John Cena's. Uh, run throughout his tenure uh main event ish um any john cena stories you got throughout being a producer or sure agent? you know i started with john when john was really green you know he he didn't know anything he was just fresh out of the school and, and psychology and 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 all the different things you know ring presence selling and all the things that go into being a top-notch performer, you have to learn. And it takes reps and it takes a, a lot of trial and error. And, you know, one of the one thing that you have to do, I've never seen anybody that learned this business without making mistakes. And that you learn more from a mistake than something that you do well. So this was very, very early in John's you know, career, and uh, he was wrestling Kurt Angle. And as we know, Kurt Angle is the real deal. He is an assassin. So they're having the match, and they're going along there, and all of a sudden I see John, he just out of nowhere, just at a random time during the match, he rolls out of the ring, goes over the rail, goes about 15 rows deep, grabs one of those big foam hands from one of the fans and folds it into a bird and points it at Kurt Angle. Now, the audience popped, but as he gave it back and came over that rail to rejoin the match, guess who was waiting on him and was not too happy about what just happened? That would be Kurt Angle. And he proceeded to beat John half to death. And he got a little stiff and a little snug with him because it was just something that did not work at that point in the match. It was unprofessional. It was just a foolish thing to do at that point during the match. But John didn't know. He was really green. And it was one of the mistakes. I'm sure he never did it again. But it's just one of those things that go into the learning process we all go through in life, what, no matter what industry you're in or what your job is, you're going to make some mistakes. And if you learn from those mistakes, you can move on and accelerate your career forward. I appreciate it. 
and I'm also thankful for having an amazing host. Can we James. all agree that Lauren's an amazing host? You're so well, sweet. James well, is my biggest fan on Twitter. I have no fans, but James, James is one of them. <laughs> what about me? Don't I count? Arn, I can't say you're my favorite. Eric Bischoff will get upset, but you're wonderful. You're fantastic. You know what? I've been in second place on somebody's list my entire career. Don't say that. Don't say that. Not Thank you bad, so much, James. Not a bad spot. I would not disagree with that. Wonderful. Thank Up you. next. Thanks, James. We got Pat Cook on the list. Where is Pat? Right here. Can you find me? We hear you. Awesome. Arn, thank you. Like everybody else is saying, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I, uh, it's kind of weird growing up as a kid of the 80s, especially in upstate New York. For most people that were in WWF territory at the time, they always asked me who my favorite wrestler was. And even my four-year-old son can still say, it's double A, right? <laughs> well, now you're, you're the talking guy for Cody, but still, that still counts to me at least. So I'm thankful for that. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny. I just turned 39, but on my birthday, I celebrated in part in the morning by watching that match with you and Larry at, in Savannah against Dustin and the Dragon. And I think that might be the single most rewatchable wrestling match in the history of wrestling. So that's what I'm glad for. Um, but I've got a question for you, and I don't know if it's even possible to answer. I'll try. One, if there's one thing or one moment that has happened in the past or keeps happening that reminds you of why you love the business, what is that one moment, that one part of a match, that one moment? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. God, I've been so fortunate to be in some special situations and with some talented guys and uh, situations where there were just a few people in the arena and 100,000 people in the arena. And there's nothing, unless you've been to a WrestleMania there's nothing quite like appearing in front of a hundred thousand or 80,000 or, or whatever it may be. And uh, just looking at that sea of audience. And I was fortunate enough to be included on the flair undertaker match where I slid in the ring and spine busted the undertaker. I hope you recall that. Of course I do. Of course I do. Where did you come from? <laughs> you know what? It, the magic of, of not shooting me. I just kind of came out and started down like fast walking on the side of the ramp, like really close to the rail. Everyone's watching the match. Yeah. So I got all the way there without anyone even seeing that I was there. And it just appeared that I just popped out of the ground. You know, I just appeared and it just, I just shot down just very, very close. And the feeling 
of that crowd, believe this or not, if this is possible, I think they believed just for a moment when Rick covered him that that was it. You know what, if, if I may, my favorite part of that whole thing, and I don't know why it was jumping around my, my frat house, high-fiving people that didn't understand why it was awesome. You hit the spine buster, you rolled out, and you hit the floor. And I lost it. I said, he's going crazy, he just hit it, and he's hiding. And th- my, my buddies are like, so? And I'm like, you don't understand the awesomeness of that. <laughs> that, that told you that that was it. The screw, right. the screw right. job in. It right. was going to work. Right. Of course, as we now know, it did not. But for that moment in time to be in there with those two guys and have a moment that's featured and give the audience part of that roller coaster ride and, and make my contribution is one of those I'll never forget. And it's just, you carry it with you. Never forget that feeling long as you live. Beautiful. Thank you for answering my question. And again, thank you for everything. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you being part of the family as well. Adfreeshows.com is wrestling nostalgia, podcasts on video, and live interactive experiences. It's also a great way to get to know the voices and characters of your childhood. But it's so much more. The Podfather, Conrad Thompson, has recorded over 25 Ask Conrad episodes where he answers your questions from wrestling to mortgages and everything in between. It's your opportunity to get inside the head of the most powerful man in wrestling, not named McMahon or Khan. Conrad often says we are more than listeners. We are community, even family. Take a listen to the recent interaction between the Podfather and one of our top guys, Antonio. And by the way, Antonio, thanks for all your great questions. I feel like you bring the noise with great questions every single week, and I really appreciate your support. That makes my job a lot easier. Because sometimes I'll do a bunch of research on a show and I'll have some folks help me do some research on a show. We'll have a blind spot, but guys like you and Rajiv and a wrestling historian, I mean, there's always a handful of you folks who always, I'm like, oh, I know if I see a question from him, it's going to be a good one. And you're one of those guys. Thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I definitely do. Hey, hey, Connor, day 22 sober for Antonio. That's awesome, man. Keep up the good work. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Become part of the family now. Make the decision to become a member of ad-free shows and enjoy Ask Conrad and so many other exclusive shows and events. So sign up today. Join the fastest-growing wrestling community over at adfreeshows.com. Thanks, Pat. Up next, we got Vinny S. Vinny, give me something. Aren't you glad? Hello. Hello. Hi, Aaron. Thank you. Um, uh, aren't you glad that uh, Aaron is part of AEW and that they're still working hard to provide entertainment for us during these dark times? I appreciate it. I'm glad. That's one of my favorite things about AEW right now, Aaron. I'm so happy to see you on TV every week. Every week. Definitely. Let me tell you something, folks. I'll be just, you know, I could sit here and say, you know, a lot of things and bow my chest out and all that. I've been given an opportunity to finish my career out the way it's supposed to be, having fun. I'm not going to go in there and stand toe-to-toe with any of these 25-year-old kids and insult anybody's intelligence. I'm strictly here as an information source and somebody that's been there, done that, 
has had a little more experience than Cody with all the things that he has on the table with his administrative job and helping organize things with the company and being a right-hand man to Tony Khan. And, you know, how can we give the best possible product to our fans? All those things that he does, I try to take all the schoolwork and all the studying and all the film work out of it and just say, hey, if you get in a pinch, try this. If you get in trouble, try this. If you're winning, try this. And it just alleviates that from Cody. And it gives me a platform to, you know, to still be out there with all you guys and get to see you and get, you know, get to know all the AEW fans. You know, it was the fans are as much as part of the our show and they're as big a stars as anybody that appears on the show. You guys as an audience are fantastic and we're just trying to make it fun for you again where you can be proud to tell the guy that you're working with or the guy you're at the grocery store with or one of your friends or your your kids' friends or whatever. Hey, guys, I'm a wrestling fan. It's okay. I'm proud to be a wrestling fan myself, and that's what we're trying to do. Tony Khan's behind it. The fans come first, and we're going to give you the best possible product that we all can. And uh, appreciate you supporting us. Yeah, that's what's great about AEW. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so first, I uh, just wanted to say I met you at the last StarCast in Chicago with Tully, you both together, and you are you guys were my favorite tag team of all time, still are. So it was an honor, and you guys were both great to the fans, very nice, uh, and I appreciate it. So thank you and Tully for that. Uh, I had a, yeah, sorry. Uh, I had a question. Um, so I'm from Chicago, and I'm a Bears fan. Uh, so Steve Mongo McMichael, what was it like working with him? How do you think he fit in with the Horsemen back in the 90s? Uh, any good stories? Uh, what was he like working with? Well, Mongo, you know, if if, uh, if you're from Chicago, I don't have to tell you anything about Mongo. You know, mm-hmm. and I know there's a thing going around now. There's clips all over the Internet of, of uh, Mongo staggering around, stumbling around, and maybe, not, you know, a little bit clumsily and – not pulling off, you know, moves as clean as he possibly, you know, could have. But guys need to understand, and, and everybody needs to understand, the guy never had one day of formal training. He walked off a football field into a wrestling ring without ever having any formal training at all. He was just, you know, uh, Steve Mongo McMichael. He's just a beast. He, uh, he was a great football player. He played on a great team, and he was all man. And he would tell you the way it was, but he did it in a man-to-man polite way, and he, it was an honor for me to this day. Every time I see him, hug his neck, he hugs my neck. I enjoyed being around Mongo. He didn't become a polished wrestler, but make no mistake, he's a hell of a man. And uh, – we uh, we still remain friends. We don't speak on the phone and things like that. We're running to each other, some signings and stuff. And uh, he's just a guy that if you don't know the man, the character, they're all rolled into one. And uh, he was on that 85 Bears team, and uh, he was a big part of it. So it was my honor and pleasure to know Mongo. And uh, funny story, we were working in Philadelphia. And now Mongo told me out of his own mouth after about the third or fourth day that 
you know, we had been around each other and, and partners in the ring and stuff. And he said, you know, double A, you know, I just split, you know, with my wife, Deborah. You know, she got five million. I got five million. When that runs out and I quit having fun, I'm going to go home. So I believed him. Well, one day we were in Philadelphia and we had a show and Mongo said, okay, boys, I'm going to the strip joint. Well, we haven't seen him yet. He's still probably there. He disappeared for about three weeks, came back, let everybody know he was done, and he is still with the same woman as his wife, unless this has changed in the last six months. They are still together. That's my Mongo McMichael story. Great to hear. Uh, yeah, I met him briefly. Uh, at one, actually, in a star cast, and he's a great guy. So I appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Thanks for all. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Oh God, thanks for having me, guys. I'm having a blast. Appreciate every one of you. Aaron is having a blast, and aren't you glad Henry E is here to continue the fun? At least Tony Shivani takes the time to try to learn my last name. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Conrad did the same thing, too, so I'm not mad. I first, Mr. Anderson, before I ask my question, I want to shout out to Brandy. My mom is actually recovering from COVID herself, and I hope, beyond hope, that she'll end up being all right. I offer you my best wishes and hope for a speedy recovery for you as well. And on that, to switch to slightly happier topic, in all of your time in the end WA, World Wrestling Federation, WCW, you were a multi-time tag champion, and you were a multi-time world television champion. To the best of my knowledge, somebody please stop me if I'm wrong, because I was a little, little kid in 92, 93. You had one opportunity for the World Heavyweight Championship, and I believe that was against Barry Windham in 1992. And I have two questions. One, do you regret throughout your entire professional wrestling career never getting the opportunity to actually carry, be a world champion, either for Jim Crockett or WCW or WWF? And my second question that ties into that is if you could have had a second opportunity to wrestle for the big gold while you were in WCW, who would you have wanted your opponent to be? Well, I never looked at the fact that I was never the world heavyweight champion because, you know, in, in life, just like in this business, a wise man has to know his limitations. And I figured out pretty quickly, I was big enough, I was strong enough, uh, knowledgeable enough to have a successful career without being the top, top guy. I wasn't going to sell out, you know, on top. If I was going to be in the main event with somebody, I wasn't going to sell out an 80,000-seat arena. I wasn't going to sell a lot of merchandise. I wasn't that guy that you were going to put you know, as the face of your company. Let me look at this mugshot, guys. Let's look at what we're looking at here. Let's, this is a reality. I'm not going to be getting any, you know, toothpaste commercial offers or anything like that. But the one thing I did know is that uh, I could be an asset to this business and leave the ring after virtually every match better than I found it before and at least make an impression with the fans, with my opponent, with my uh, partners and uh, I never looked at it as being, you know, 
I was in second place, but I don't look at that as being a bad thing. You know, I had a very, you know, successful career. And to be honest with you, that world television title, the longer I held it and the more times I held it, which are both a record, I believe, most times as champion and for the longest period of time, that became my world title because every TV, I had a a world-class opponent just about. I had 15 to 20 minutes of very valuable TV time to go out and show the world basically what I had and basically just show off a little bit. And the fact that Ric Flair was the champion for, for most of that time, that was great. You know, Rick was the guy that you would look at as being the world champion or Hulk Hogan. You could see why he was the world champion and the rock and Steve Austin. And, you know, you name the names there, there's a different look and there's a different vibe that goes with those guys and a guy like myself, but I never felt shorted. I enjoyed the match with Barry Windham, uh, who was a tremendous top, top notch performer in his own right. And, uh, I feel like I did okay, nothing to be ashamed of and, and, and proud of, of all the things that I accomplished in the business. Truth be told, I think that you would have made an excellent world champion, Mr. Anderson. Well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for taking the time to do this with us. My pleasure, sir. How's that for putting over positivity? I love it. Thank you, Arn. Wonderful. Hey, Lauren. Yes. I'm just going to uh, jump in real quick with a, aren't you glad? All the talk about um, AEW and Tony Khan. Uh, we just, we just released a, uh, some really um, special audio on ad free shows for you guys. It's a uh, first time conversation between Eric and Tony Khan. It's about an hour and a half long. I believe it's going to be up on the 83 weeks regular feed. Um, starting tomorrow, but you guys get it first. So I thought it would be a a great time to interject um, and and let you guys know that that just dropped. So that is all. So I hope you guys enjoy it and check it out. Thanks, Evan. We are glad. And here you have it, folks, early and ad-free from adfreeshows.com. Thank you, Evan. Yes, I did notice that pop up on my notifications already. So I'm pumped. Arn, you got something to say hello? Hello. He says hello. I'm serious. I'm a huge fan. Thank you. I've been watching you since the 80s. Okie dokie. Well, were you a a kid then? I was. The spine buster all day long, baby. Was I your favorite or was I your second favorite? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Number one? Number one? Yeah, when uh, growing up, you were, I mean, the enforcer, dude. You you took care of business. The hands-down favorite. All right, get out of here. We got more important things going on in here. Lauren's husband's a mark. That is true. I just want to make it known that I was not born yet in the 80s, just FYI, in case he just aged me there unintentionally. I was not yet here. Thanks. That's not Lauren. That's not funny. <laughs> Hey, James Sorensen said that he is glad he's the youngest in the group. That's fine. He can have that. But uh, I'm at least younger. 97. There you go. Whatever. That's fine. You can have it, James. All right. Chris, did we get to Chris Parcella yet? Hi. Hi, Aaron. Thank you for doing this. Um, 
aren't you glad Conrad has built this podcasting empire for all of us to enjoy during this pandemic, especially it's been great content. And I thank you for that. Um, my question. So for me, my horseman, just based on my age, I'm 36 was you, Rick, uh, Brian Pillman and Chris Benoit. Um, Brian is one of my all time favorites of all, you know, ever. And when, when the three of you pulled that, pulled the swerve on sting to this day is still one of my, favorite WCW moments of all time. I'm wondering if you could just share a little, some memories about, about Brian. And, and secondly, if you've seen his son wrestle, what do you think of Brian Jr.? You know, he was just at the last AEW taping and he had a match and uh, I think he wrestled Brian Cage. Oh, I didn't see it. Um, uh, but all reports were, it went really well. And the kid's got an incredible look. He reminds me of his dad so much, you know, in the face. Uh, but I talked to him for a few minutes, which was the first time I'd really, you know, I'd heard about him and heard of him. Uh, but it was the first time I got to spend any time and, and talk to him a little bit. Seemed to have his, you know, his head on his shoulders real good. And uh, he's chasing that dream, too. And I think the kid's probably going to make it, you know, from from all the indications. Uh I certainly hope so. His dad was a was a rare commodity boy, you know. To be in the NFL and and be probably at the time, I would guess that Brian was gassed up to probably about two thirty, but he was on Cincinnati Bengals Suicide Squad, and you know what that is, kickoff team. Yep. His job was to go down at two hundred thirty pounds and bust up that wedge so somebody could make the tackle. He wasn't expected to ever make a tackle; just go down and and bust the wedge, you know. And uh, man, what a job description! And it certainly prepared him for our business. And I don't know if you remember this, but one of the things, you know, before Brian went into the loose cannon mode, and we don't know to this day if that was a work or if that was a shoot. Who knows? He swerved everybody. But he had a match on one of the – it was either one of our pay-per-views or, or something, but he wrestled Jushin Liger. Did you get a chance to watch that match? Uh, is that the one from the first Nitro or – No, it was it – maybe, maybe a bash or something like that? Something like that. Okay. Or I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but – Find it. And, and it, was a, it was one of the first matches – you know, what you see today, and you know, some of the fans like this, and I hear some of the older fans say not so much, but these guys today do some stuff that is so incredible athletically. I couldn't even think it up, much less try to perform it. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Right. And some of it is, is way too too much. And, and some of it, you know, for a fan to be watching this, you've got to go, Jesus Christ, how did they do that? Well, this was the beginning. This was the seeds of – a smaller version of some of that spectacular stuff. The only difference was both guys sold everything they did before oh, yeah. they. And if you're a true wrestling fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Go back and watch that. And for its time, some of the flip flop and fly stuff they did was just incredible for that time. But it fit Brian. It was just who Brian was. And as much as being a loose cannon and, and not knowing what he was going to say or do next, that was the other side of Brian, the technician, and he was as good as anybody for that time. So that's my memory of Brian, and we, we were good friends. And like I said, I don't know if he if he lost it or he just had us all fooled, but whew, 
What a job. They, he left us way too soon. Let me put it to you that way. Absolutely. He did. Thank you very much, John. That, that was great. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Hey, man, you ever make a mistake? Maybe even worse. Ever see one of your parents, like your mom, make a mistake? They're going through a nightmare situation, and there's really nothing you can do to help them. Save with Conrad.com to the rescue. Let me explain. James in Tinley Park, Illinois, hooked us up with a five-star review and had this to say. The entire process was very easy. My mom and sister both used other mortgage companies, and it was a nightmare for them. And they had so much stress and multiple closing date changes that I was preparing for the worst. I heard about First Family through Grilling JR. I read a lot of reviews and felt this was the best for me. I couldn't be happier. David and Diane made the process very easy. I couldn't have asked for better support. Thank you all so much. I'm a homeowner and it feels great. That's right. James is a homeowner and you can be too. By the way, as a homeowner, your house is going to appreciate most every year, which means you have a real asset and you're not just throwing your money away on rent. Even better than that, at the end of the year, you're going to get a tax statement saying, here's all the interest you paid on your mortgage and boom, you can write that off. Do you get something like that from your landlord? Uh-uh. He just keeps your money and you have nothing to show for it. Stop throwing your money away and go to SaveWithConrad.com right now. And oh, by the way, you don't need perfect credit to do this. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And by the way, even if you're not approved, we're going to get you a game plan to get you out of that apartment and into a new house. I also want to mention you don't need a huge down payment. You may have heard the old wise tale that you've got to have 20% down. That's not it. You can do this with 5% down, 3% down. We even have loan programs with no money down. Find out how easy it is to become a homeowner right now at SaveWithConrad.com. NLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Hey, tell your landlord to kick rocks and go to SaveWithConrad.com right now. Thanks, Chris. Stanley, you're up. Where is Stanley? I am here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Arn, how are you today, sir? Hello, Stanley. I'm great. Um, just wanted to share what I was grateful for before I asked my question. Um, I had a coworker, uh, her husband spent about 103 days in a hospital with COVID and he came back last Monday and he's still recovering at home, but, uh, it's a blessing to see him home. It's been quite an experience to see what she's been going through and he's a great guy and just hoping he'll, you know, be up and running before we know it. So. Thankfully, he's alive. He was vented for about three weeks. Uh, tough to watch from the outside, but very grateful that he is back home and getting better every day. So, good You stuff. know what? Let me second that, and let me tell you this, you know. Uh, I certainly believe in God with all my heart, and he would not have had him wheeled out of that hospital unless he didn't have something special for him to do yet. I'll tell you what, Arn, I, I, I even spoke to him when he got home, and he wasn't always the most religious guy, but he said there's something bigger than us, you know, based on what he's been through. And that, that's a life-altering experience. It'll it'll make you believe that there's something bigger than us all. So, you know, yeah, definitely. So that's a but, positive. Hey, that's a, that's a hey, field story, my man. It is. It definitely is. And we're up here in New York City, so we, you know, hopefully, you know, things are getting better. It won't get back to the way it was a couple months ago. But, you know, every day you got to cherish, especially nowadays. Um, 
So my question is, I, I know you joined Jim Crockett Promotions back in 1985, I think it is. Yep. And I always wondered, because I've, I've always been fascinated. I'm 44 years old. So I became a fan right around 85, Hogan, all the craziness and stuff, you know, up here in New York. I mm-hmm. always wondered, what if, what if, you know, guys like Piper, Valentine, Orton never left the Carolinas and just stayed down there? How you would have fit into, you know, working with those guys and how that would have been with the horsemen have ever happened? Um, or do you think maybe there would never have been a spot for you to take since those guys might have just stayed there? I, I've always wondered about that. You know, that's a, that's a very interesting what if, and I love what ifs. Yep. I mean, I think our business is built on what ifs, you know, and if, if you look at the talent, if you look at the fact that Valentine and Piper and, and Orton Jr., and, you know, Paul Orndorff and all the guys that were in Jim Crockett promotion and they were on fire, you yep. know, when the company, when they all left and, you know, Vince was assembling his all-star team and he cleaned them out, they went through a terrible, you know, like 83 uh, part of 84, you know, things started to take a downturn once all those guys left. Right. And, and when I came in, you know, it was never forget it. I walked out to the curtain we were in. It was my first house show. I started on TV on Tuesday. Uh, it was my second house show. Um, and Wednesday, I think I had off and I think I started on a Thursday and I was in Norfolk, Virginia. If you're familiar with the Norfolk scope, it's a big round building. Yep. Size. And uh, I walked to the curtain and it was almost showtime and I was black Bart was standing there and, I opened the curtain and Bart looked around. And he went, well, how the house is up a little bit, uh, Edison. <laughs> That's him talking through his dip. And I right. said, the house is up. I could have thrown a hand grenade and not hurt a soul. So it was on its ass. So to answer your question, you know, had those guys not left, there might not have been a spot for Arn Anderson. And, you know, not that I couldn't have stayed in Pensacola probably another year, but, but you never know the trajectory of what might have been had that spot not opened up because I started at the same time, just about the rock and roll express did buddy Landell, the midnight express. There was a, you know, uh, Brad Armstrong. There was a whole bunch of talent that came in to replace all those guys. And luckily, I was one of them. But hey, you never know. What if they stayed? That's pushed out. Something to think about. Yeah, I just I was always fascinated by after such a big first Starcade show, all of a sudden months later, a tons of a lot of the guys are gone. I just said, wow, you know, after a big show like that, you know, they just leave. But I guess with McMahon, with what he was doing, it was too hard to pass up. So. You know, well, you, the money was just, it was, you know, he said, Hey, this is what you're going to make. You know, I know probably what you guys are making. Here's what you can make. Come with me. I'm, I'm going to rule the world. And, you know, he did. He assembled yeah. top talent from every territory in the country. He just took all the top guys and he was running three towns a night with all those top guys. They were generating incredible revenue across this country. Of course, they were running the guys to death as well, but. That's right. another. And just a quick uh, sidebar: We're talking about Orton. I've seen some of his 
uh, matches from Crockett, and God, he's so good. <laughs> his, his matches are great. You know why his son is so good? It's just in the genes. His well, matches yeah. are so – he looks like he's really kicking this guy's ass, you know, yeah. whoever he's wrestling. <laughs> well, I don't know if, if you knew this, but, the, you know, him and Dick Slater were partners, and they were at Georgia Championship Wrestling – and I saw those guys, and they're the ones that inspired me to give this thing a go. Bob Orton really? Jr. was my favorite wrestler. He just was so different, and everything he did just had a different twist to it. It was just exciting to watch. And once I figured yeah. that out, that's what I want to do, and that's somebody I want to be. And I idolized Dick Slater just as well. They were a great team. Yeah, yep, definitely. Well, thank you. Stay blessed. Stay safe. Thank you for your time. Right back at you, my friend. How cool is it to find out who Arn Anderson's favorite wrestlers are? That's a really interesting insight just for the top guys and the My Push members over at adfreeshows.com. Next up, I got Eric W. Hey, Arn. How's it going? Hey, Lauren. Hey. hey guys. Thanks for doing this. Uh, it's an honor to talk to one of the horsemen. Um, Thank you. <clears throat> My aren't you glad is, aren't you glad we have this technology to do this type of stuff, to share the positivity with everybody? Absolutely. I would have never looked at myself doing this, to be honest with you. And it's only because I didn't have time. You know, I may be, you know, if you, if you break my career down and this is a huge, you know, this is a huge plus for me. And I'm, I'm saying this with pride, but, I've been in the business 38 years. And during that 38 years, from the first time I went to work until um, I left WWE about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I had never, ever been out of work. And some of those, you know, years were 335, 340 days. Year after year, there was never a break where I went to a different company and had a month or three months or anything like that off, you know. So, you know, it was just if you ever got a day off, you just would come home, try to do something with the family and try to sleep 10 straight hours. It, uh, it was just, you know, the business was just so busy all those years. So I never thought about being able to do something like this. And I didn't know, to be honest with you, if anybody would be interested in even talking to me on one of these things. It was, it was just like, wow, you mean somebody that doesn't know me would actually want to talk wrestling on one of these computers. And Conrad Thompson showed up a couple of days after my release from WWE. And he said, I got an idea for you. How about this? And he said, you know, we'll do a podcast. We'll just talk wrestling. You know, he knew how I felt about wrestling fans and, and their loyalty to me. I have always tried to give back my loyalty to them. And uh, every time they bought a ticket, I'd try to bust my ass and get at least in that match, give them something they could go home and say they enjoyed and talk about. And uh, But I never thought it would be on a grand scale like this. And it's it, I tell you what, it helps kill some time and take our thoughts off of negative stuff. And I'm, exactly. I'm happy to do that. That's for sure. We all need that. Everyone right. else. Right. Exactly. Well, we appreciate it, Iron. We're so happy that you're doing this for us. So. My pleasure. To thank you for that. But, um, 
I have a two-part question here. My first part is, besides your own finishing move, what are a couple of your other favorite finishing moves from some other guys? And the second part of that is, what do you, from your perspective, what do you think's changed in the wrestling business where finishing moves aren't as protected as they once were, say, as like Jake the Snake would hit a DDT and the match be over? And nowadays we're seeing like Brock Lesnar do like five FIs or John Cena do four attitude adjustments and stuff like that. Do you think, like, what do you think has changed in the wrestling business from your perspective about that? Well, and I've said many times, I think that's a mistake. Uh, Brock Lesnar got over on the fact that if he hit one F5, you were beat. Correct? Right. John, we spent 10 years telling the public that John Cena hooked you in the STF. You might be able to get to the ropes the first time and save yourself. But if he drug you back to the middle of the ring before you got there, that was it. You wasn't going to make another crawl. And we set up finishes for a reason so that you can build drama, work towards that finish. The drama is you don't quite get to hit it. And that's why you didn't win that night. Had you have hit that particular move, you would have won. Not that you hit it four or five times and the guy kicked out because guess what? It's no longer a finish. Right, right. Don't try to beat me next week with something that Joe Blow kicked out of five times the week before. I won't <laughs> be laying there for you, pal. And all it ends up doing, because as you know, just from watching and being an astute viewer, there's only so much you can do in this business. That's the reason you don't see something new every day, because pretty much everything has been done. It's been thought about. It's been tweaked. It's been done, you know, and once you take away a guy's finish and he's got to go find something else that is going to be convincing as a finish, there's not a lot of stuff laying around. So I think guys are burning the business out by doing all this high impact stuff because once you use it as just a high spot, that's all it'll ever be afterwards. Right. And you know, and I don't think that's what you guys watching a match, that's not necessarily drama to you. Because, you know, if, if a guy power bombs you over the top rope onto the apron outside and you hit it with about halfway between your shoulder blades, you have no idea how bad that hurts. You picture what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Side out, and and I see that, and that's not the end of the match. That's not a count out. What is right? Because it just diminished that whole move. Yeah, I mean it. That that would have been in my day, whether we're working or shooting. That would have been a stretcher job. That somebody done that to me, <laughs> I'm going out of there in an ambulance. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's just the difference of of, of you know the way the business is, and I think the kids are all trying to do the best they can and go higher and further with a twist and a half, you know, so they get over with you guys because they haven't had an opportunity to get a microphone and week in, week out for 52 weeks a year, have something to say to the audience and then compound that year after year. That's how you get over. And they're trying to bum rush it by doing, you know, a high wire act. And right. as you know, you also you get to a point where you're desensitized to it as a fan. Now what? 
Exactly. Exactly. Well, thanks, Aaron. I just wanted to get your perspective on that because I see that all the time and it just makes my head scratcher. <laughs> well, I, and I don't want to be negative towards the guys because they're, they're, they're beating their bodies up for right. us all. For all for us all, and they're to be commended to that. I just hope and pray to God I don't have the the horror of seeing some kid getting wheeled out of there because he just tried to get over with the fans and tried to roll the dice and him say I can't feel my legs. You know, exactly. I hope yeah. to God I pray to God we never see that. No. Just wanted to take a second to remind you of all the great shirts available at arnshirts.com and all the Arn Show gimmicks over at boxagimmicks.com. Pick up an Arn Show track jacket, pick up a four horseman hoodie, get a cultured bulk shirt, or grab a poster of Dave Silva's cover art. Whatever you need to show off your love of the Arn Show. That's arnshirts.com and boxagimmicks.com. And do you, do you have any uh, favorite finishers other than your own that you've seen other guys do? Hello? Did I lose you? You there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Oh, I was going to say, did you have any other favorite uh, finishers besides your own that you like? You know, one that I always thought was, was like credible and believable was like the Crippler cross face. Just looked vicious when Benoit put it on. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I would have loved to have, to have stole that and incorporated the whole Anderson, you know, arm thing of just wearing the arm and shoulder down and then pop that cross face on and make a guy tap out. That always was one that, that would have appealed to me, I think. Nice. Well, thank you, Iron. Thanks for answering my questions. I really appreciate it. Sorry to get long-winded on you there. <laughs> That's okay. I appreciate I it. Pull some of this stuff out. <laughs> just tell me to shut up next time. <laughs> Never. Thanks Never. Alan Jordan, aren't you glad it's your turn? I am, Arn. Thank you. Um, and I'll do an aren't you glad. Aren't you glad today is my 15-year anniversary with my girlfriend. And I'm spending it with you, Arn. So thank you for that. Oh, you're in trouble. Uh, I'm sure she's really glad about that, Alan. <laughs> no, she's actually, she's really, uh, she's really uh, supportive of it. She's, uh, a little jealous that the whole uh, top guys get together whenever that happens. She wants to to uh, sneak along, but uh, so I'm very very lucky, very grateful for her. So and uh, the opportunity to speak to you. So thank you, Arn. Um, what are your thoughts? And I don't know if you shared those on another episode or anything like that. But what did you think about the Firefly Funhouse match and then the Boneyard match? That whole cinematic approach to wrestling and especially with your connection to uh, Cena. I'm just curious about what your thoughts were. I think it was from a creative standpoint, everyone, you know, that put their two cents into both of those matches. It was, it was different. It kind of gave you something other than just a wrestling match and an arena that's empty, which guys, uh, I hope everyone appreciates how difficult it is to go out there and wrestle without all of you out there screaming your lungs out for us. Very difficult. Without an adrenaline rush, those bumps hurt. They really do. 
And just like in the Taker match, you know, and in both of those matches, the Fire Flood, you know, Fun House match, you know, without adrenaline, it's it, everything hurts. And it, it was a way to give you guys as the audience something different. You know, I thought there might have been a little bit too long and maybe a little bit too much talking in the Taker one. Um, and I will always and forever be a Bray Wyatt fan. He was scarier to me uh, in just the Bray Wyatt role than he is in the, the monster role, you know. But that's just because I'm on the inside. And I know what he can give you as a character. And those pro, you know, the promos he did as that Bray Wyatt character, to me, something we missed the boat on. You might not have, should have beat him. 10 pay-per-views in a row. There's a little thought. Because uh, no matter how good you are, you as fans realize after about three or four pay-per-views in a row, well, this guy's not a top guy. I thought he was, but apparently nobody else does, so I'm going to move on. And that's kind of the mentality, and it's a normal reaction. If, if the company don't think you're a big deal, why should you guys? Um, so I would have loved to have seen Bray as Bray and involved in something that had a personal issue, like, you know, when he was with Randy and they had their, their run, you know, that kind of stuff was to me was, you know, burning down houses and stuff. That's serious stuff you can sink your teeth into. And it's kind of along that same genre of cinematic wrestling, but it was just a piece of the bigger puzzle. I appreciate the uh, the insight and your thoughts. Thank you so much, sir. You betcha. Arn, how are you doing on time? Can we get in a couple more? Well, uh, I'm running out of time in life, obviously. Someone has turned the hourglass over on me, and I can look at it, and it's just, just about out. But other than that, tonight, I'm doing great. Excellent. Hey, what else doing? They Have they had enough of me tonight, or what? Uh, no, of course not. We're having uh, a blast. Guys, don't get, don't get hot. I knew the answer. <laughs> we're gonna, can I say something really quick? You put me over a little bit. It's okay. That's what we're here for. Brandy has something she wants to say. Okay. I have to go take my meds, guys, and I wanted to say goodnight and thank you. Um, I'm a blind wrestling fan, so it's really hard for me to follow along with the chat. But I'm, I just, Arn, I want to say thank you because – I've been blind my entire life. I'm 38 years old. I started watching wrestling when I was seven years old. And your promos, I always knew what was going on. So I just, uh, I want to say thank you for giving me and other fans who can't see what everybody else can, the experience of a lifetime. Randy, I have fell in love with you. <laughs> During the course of this time, you are a lovely, lovely, wonderful human being. And anybody that's heard this tonight, if you don't get that impression, then you need to double check your own heart and your own heartbeat. Uh, I can't thank you because you put everything in perspective for me tonight. Thanks for waking me up and letting me know that a lot of people overcome adversity in this life. 
yours is a story that in just a brief moment slapped me right in the face. And I am honored to have met you. And I hope, where do you live, Brandy? I live right outside of Macon, Georgia, sir. I'm sorry. I've been a little emotional since I got out of the hospital. No. <laughs> the next time we're anywhere that's driving distance, keep keep listening to the show, okay? Oh, I if, do, sir. If and, if and when we are allowed to run a live event and we're close enough that you can get there from where you are, you will be my guest at the first show that's possible, okay? Thank I want to meet you. you sir. Promise Just, me that? Uh, Yes, sir. Just don't let Tony come pick me up. Tony Shabani? Yeah. <laughs> Tony Shabani is not allowed to have a driver's license or a vehicle. <laughs> okay. Um, and the next time you see Conrad, uh, tell him I said go dogs. Hey, I'm a go- I'm a dog too now. <laughs> oh, it, go dogs for sure. Go dogs. You Thank get, you for your time. You get, get well. I love you. Okay. I love you too. Okay, get some rest. Brandy has made me laugh and made me cry, and now I'm going to have to go barf about the go dogs comment. So just a gamut of emotions over here, guys. I love it. You're a gator. Let me guess. You're a gator. No, I went to South Carolina, but they suck. So I was an LSU fan before that. (laughs) Yeah, but you, you guys ruined our season two seasons ago. That's what we do. We ruin seasons. You guys. Go <laughs> Oh, I don't like you now. Lauren, I was really warming up to you. Now I'm hot. Arn, come on. Come on. Everybody has to like, it's like the rule. If you don't like me, then, you know, what are you doing with your life? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. My neighbors right across the street and everybody, you know, are South Carolina fans and their daughters and sons go there. It's, I can't escape it. I'm sorry to hear it. I live in Atlanta, so I feel your pain. I can't escape the Georgia thing. It is what it is. Even my mother and father are Georgia fans, and their daughter went to South Carolina. It is, it is a cross we both shall have to bear. I guess we have that in common then, Mr. Anderson. We do, young lady. <laughs> well, if you have a few more minutes, did I cut somebody off? If you have a few more minutes, let's get to the other double A. It's A-A-R-O-N, Aaron. Okay. Let's do that. Where's Aaron? Aaron W. Aaron, are you there? We may have missed Aaron. Sorry about it. How about Rajiv? Aaron, you're in for a treat. This guy has the best questions. Okay. Lauren, you are too kind. <laughs> I try. Uh, so for the aren't you glad, uh, I would say that I'm glad that I'm healthy and I'm still working full time when there's so many people out there that aren't. So that is something that I hope everybody can recover from. Um, it's a blessing, my friend. It's a blessing. And Indeed it is, sir. Uh, so, Arn, thank you for doing this. This is a, a true honor to meet you, even though it is virtually. Uh, I do have to be completely honest with you, though. When I was a kid, I did not like you at all. You just kept turning on my favorite people. You just kept beating them up. And I just, I was like, I can't 
wait till this guy is off the screen because I just can't do it with them right now. <laughs> Very nice. You know what? You just, you are my favorite caller tonight. <laughs> because this meant something, but it didn't mean as much to me as when people did that one. <laughs> told me we were doing our jobs. You were. And uh, my question is, uh, now that I'm older, I've gone back and looked at some of your stuff when I hated you, and I'm just looking at it going, man, this guy is just so, so good, so crisp. He looks like he's actually hurting the guy. And uh, I guess my question is, do you think your character is more of an, like an adult taste? Because when I was a kid, I was very much still a believer. I was all about Sting. and. Uh, I know that larger than life characters kind of appeal more to kids than say a character like yours that just was like, nut up or shut up. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do believe that I, I'm an every man. I'm blue collar, you know, uh, I'm just a normal guy that, that can fight a little bit and can talk a bigger fight. than he can actually fight. But by the time I'm through talking, you actually believe I'm half tough. So, you know, that would appeal to a lot of males. And, you know, when you got, I'm not going to be a guy that, that like Paul Newman or Robert Redford that's going to get jealousy with adult males and going to, their girlfriend or wife's not going to be going, well, who's that? Who's that? I don't have that Roman Reigns type effect on people. But what I do have is, is like, you know, people tell me all the time, you know, he's like, he's like the, the father that you show up at the doorstep to take his daughter out to the prom and you just pretty much, if it's the first time you've seen him, you just go, you know what? I hate to do this, but I'm just going to scrap, scrap this. We'll pick this up another time. And they just head back down the steps and just have to eat the price of the tucks. You know, that kind of guy that you just don't know. You think he might hurt you, but you're just not going to press your luck. And I think that resonates more, you know, and the fact that we were always beating up Ricky Morton or Sting or Dusty or, or Shawn Michaels or one of your favorites as a kid, you know, naturally you're going to be cheering for the other guy. And that's what the whole wrestling business is set up on, good versus evil. And uh, we've gotten away from that. And too many shades of gray to me are not a good thing. When I go to a movie, I want to have a bad guy that I know is a bad guy. And I want to have a guy I'm going to pull for. And at the end of the movie, I don't want to see the bad guy shoot the good guy off the horse and ride off in the sunset unscathed. I want to see it the other way around. That's basically what we do. 100%. Thank you, Arn. And uh, thank you for not killing Sting to where I couldn't see him the next week. <laughs> you betcha. You bet. And, hey, you made a right choice because he's a good human being. That's <laughs> to know. He really is. It's great to hear. Thank you, Arn. Yes, sir. Thank you. Sweet. Mark Nelson, you are up. Give me something good. Aren't you glad? Oh, I, aren't I glad that I showed up for this call just because of Brandy? Yes. Able to recover from COVID and being here with us. I mean, that's a blessing in itself. And then Arn, you just became my number one, no matter what, just because of your interaction with her being real and honest. Well, let me tell you something. That's what I'm feeling because 
she makes you actually embarrassed that you felt sorry for yourself at some point and, and why me? You know, she's just she's my hero. Yeah. Um, two two quick questions. Um, first of all, I met you, and I'm going to embarrass myself in front of everybody on this. I met you when I was like 18. Nobody smartened me up for the fact that you and Oli were not related. And I asked you going into a show, hey, where's Oli? And he said, fucker died. And you kept on going. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. This was before the Internet was able to tell me that all the stuff I needed to know. So it was like, I was like, oh, my God, he actually died. And then I started spreading that rumor. And, yeah, that. So just so you know, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, well, and, and in reality, I was just being a horse's ass. Yep. So. Oh, I know that now. And I think it's pretty goddamn funny now. But back when I was younger, I had no idea. I was just like, oh, my God. Well, um, and you know, the bad part is he won't. he's not dead. He won't die. I can't get him to die. So what the hell? Well, my dad always said assholes never die until they're really old. Yes, and they outlive all the rest of us. Yeah. Um, my quick question. I have this book of yours. I don't know if you can see that or not. The Arn Anderson, A Look Behind the Curtain. Yep. Are you going to do a sequel to that? Or could you? Uh, I don't I don't think I am going to. Um, and believe it or not, if I was going to write it, I'd have to tell the truth. And most of it would be about the 20 years of being a lead producer for WWE. And I would have to tell the truth about a lot of stuff. I signed a no compete clause when yep. I left there. And they, one of the, one of the paragraphs in there was you will not write a tell all book or anything like that. And, uh, that was part of the conditions of, of my, uh, you know, whatever it's called, where they pay you for a while after they can you and all that yep. stuff. Um, so it was conditions of, you know, of that. So I don't think I can. And if I was going to do it, I'd want to do and tell the truth. Gotcha. Well, Hey, I, I'll let other people go. Cause I know there's a lot of people waiting, but I just want to say again, thank you for doing this. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you waiting. Appreciate you very much. Mark. That was one of my favorite stories of the night. Thank you for sharing that one. That was awesome. Frank Bruno, you're up. Hey, sorry, I was muted. Um, well, that caught me off guard. I thought there was somebody ahead of me. Uh, uh, hi, Arn. I'm a little bit starstruck. I apologize. I've been starstruck the last couple of times. But I wanted to ask you a WWF question, if that's okay. Um, sure. the, the, the aren't you glad would be, for me, I'm very thankful for my beautiful 10-year-old daughter who is in the other room playing with her two friends. So I've got little girls running around my house. It's crazy. So, um, uh I, one of my favorite tag team matches of all times is the newly crowned tag team champions, the Brainbusters versus the Heart Foundation, to open my most all-time favorite show, SummerSlam 1989. And I was really—I actually rewatched the match today. I, I'm that—I'm that big of a geek about it. Um, and I would have damn, you could sell. We're we're awesome. <laughs> Just rewatching it back, and the way that match ended—the double axe handle to the back of Brett. <laughs> You would, you certainly wouldn't see that in, in today's wrestling. But what I wanted to ask you was, um, if you had any, I don't know, crazy anvil stories, or if there's anything, you know, we always hear about Brett. 
I'm, I'm just a little curious about the anvil of, you know, what it was like to be on the road with him. Buddy, let me tell you something. It was, it's like running into a pylon. <laughs> Cement through and through. You know, Natty, you look at Natty, she is just like, just like the old man, just solid as she can be. But Neidhart was strong as hell. You know, he used to throw throw one of those things up there. You know, what was it? It was not, it was not a shot put or anything like that, but there was, was it a hammer throw? Anvil. Did he, did he anvil? Throw anvil? Was it the, I think that's what he threw. Yeah, I mean, he did some, some feats of strength that were just ridiculous before he got in the business. I think he was really a legitimate, just, just a monster. And, you know, the guy would drink, you know, gargle Jack Daniels, him and Kurt Henning every night, you know, in the bars and, and stuff, you know, so he would, you know, party as hard as he did, you know, train and work out. And he was just, just one of those guys always pulling on that goatee. Oh, he would make a joke and you didn't know that he made a joke and he's waiting for you to pop and you don't pop. And now he's looking at you pulling on that beard. And I, I realized, damn, what did he say? I think he made a joke. It's too late then. So he's just one of those guys and uh, just, Enjoyed life, you know, and uh, that match I remember pretty pretty clear, and that was a rotten finish. Didn't do Brett any good. Uh, was certainly not mine. I would have done something a little more impactful, but in those days, it was do what you're told. So you made it, it look good. You made it. Look, you made it look. I was nine years old watching that show, and I felt like I was nine again today. So. Uh, it, it, it's you made it look good. I believed it. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Maybe for a nine-year-old, it was believable, and we could suspend our believability as adults. Thank God. If not, we'd miss out on a lot of stuff. That's yeah, sure. totally. I, I appreciate Arn. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, M. Noob. Is that how you say this name? Uh, I'm actually using my girlfriend's Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had this and then it disconnected and I've been brought back on, but I'm still really new to all the technology. Arn, how you doing, man? You all right? Hey, I'm, I feel your pain about the technology, my friend. <laughs> oh, I can't figure any of it out. <laughs> what what you, what's your accent? Where are you from? Manchester. Ah, beautiful town. Thank you very much. I'm living in Glasgow at the moment, um, and it's about nearly half two in the morning here. So I've got to be up at work in a couple of hours, so I'll make this quick. Um, and you worked with uh, Paul Roma. Paul Roma was part of the Four Horsemen for a wee bit. And on the WWE documentary, um, I think there were some things that the idea that maybe he didn't fit as a member of the Four Horsemen. Why do you think that was, and when did you kind of realize that he maybe didn't fit? Well, I knew from the beginning he wasn't going to fit. It was uh, it was supposed to be Tully, and right up, right up to the wire, they thought they had a deal to bring Tully in. He was going to be the guy, and I think uh, Romo just happened to be just finishing up at WWF and looking for a place to go. And when it didn't work out with Tully, I mean, it was the eleventh hour. They had already promoted it. We're going to be naming the fourth horseman and all that. I think Roma got that opportunity right then. He happened to be in the right spot. I don't think he was looking to be with us. 
I don't think we were looking for him to be with us, but obviously it was just business, not the personal, just we'll make it the best we can. I just didn't know, you know, how that was going to shake out. So we both kind of just held our nose and got through it, did the best we could. But I don't think he was ever really happy being a horseman because, you know, you know, our mantra, our job is to make everybody else look good. 100%. That, that don't fit with a lot of guys. You know, they want to get their shit in. And I get that. They want to get themselves over. They don't want to be sacrificing themselves and their career to get some other guys over. And that's what our whole career was about, getting the best out of everybody. So best explanation I can give you. I appreciate you staying up all night to ask the question. (laughs) No, thank you. I've got one follow-up question, Anne. Um, Obviously, when you were wrestling, obviously you go to the gym and work out and stuff. I was hearing one of your podcasts when you were talking about going to the gym now, obviously during COVID, pretty important to stay healthy. What are the major differences in your workout when you were wrestling to your workout now? Do you do weights, cardio, what kind of stuff do you do? You know, I was never a guy because I would, I trained not heavy on the grand scale, but heavy for me. And it right. was like, uh, it was like a, about three fourths of, of what my, you know, somewhere around three fourths of what my maximum was. I would do some sets of six and I just wanted to be strong enough to safely handle the guys, you know, and I, I went through a power lifting phase before I got in the business and figured out if I'm not going to be on the gas, I'm not going to be able to compete in that. So that was a no, no, but, but in the process of that, I got stronger. My legs were strong and, you know, I was strong enough to bounce the guys around. I was never going to be a body guy. I didn't have the chemical makeup for that. Uh, but I didn't do a lot of cardio, which Tully and Rick did. They did Stairmaster all the time. I got my cardio in at night, and that was the wrestling. And when I would train on the weights, I would try to only rest a minute or so between sets. So I got my heart rate up, but I just never was a guy that could get on a Stairmaster and do 50 flights. I just It didn't interest me. Mm-hmm. If you if you're training guys, what do you say to them? Do you think uh, do do you tell them to do cardio by the in ring work? Do you tell them to do it in the gym? What kind of stuff uh, in terms of weight training or cardio things like that with wrestlers these days? Well, number one, you have to have a look. If you don't look like an athlete, you know there's some guys that get in under the wire these days. But there was a time not too long ago, unless you looked like you at least trained and went to the gym and was a guy that worked out, you wouldn't get a chance. You wouldn't get even looked at. So I always advise guys, you know, get on the Stairmaster or get on the bike, do whatever you're going to do. But the real reality of this, those that truly listen to me, the only way to get in ring shape is to wrestle. 100%. You can do all the different cardio, cross training exercises you want. You can incline heavy you can squat heavy you can deadlift heavy. none of that stuff is going to get you in ring shape wrestling for 15 20 30 minutes every single night and i mean a string of nights in a row it's the only way to get in ring shape sad uh, but, sad but true 100 percent. on thank you so much i really appreciate it thank you do you own a rent your home sure you do and i bet it can be hard work but you know what's easy bundling policies with geico Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today.
That's Geico.com. All right. Fans all over the world, Arn. You got a little bit more time? Sure. All right. Let's keep him going. Nick Mills. Aren't uh, you glad? No, that was me. That was before because I got chopped off the chair. Oh, okay, gotcha. I crashed. Sorry <laughs> well, now that. we know your real name. It's Nick Mills. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. All right, Doug, aren't you glad? Uh, hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, aren't you glad that we still have sunny days and everything, even though things seem bleak, we can still enjoy the sunny days that we have? You and and uh, I hope this is an inappropriate question, but I was listening to the uh, Halloween Havoc uh, 1990 episode with Tony, and uh, he said that um, basically nobody had a good thing to say about uh, Sid Vicious. And um, I was wondering... Do you have? Did you have anything nice to say about Sid Vicious, and was he just not uh, interested in uh, being friends or anything like that? No, uh, I never had a crossword with Sid. Our entire time that we were partners, worked in the same company. You know, we never had a crossword. There was a, a very unfortunate situation that happened overseas that should have never happened and is not something that that I'm proud of or he's he's proud of and we have mended that fence and moved on with our lives uh never had a problem said anywhere you know in the in the old days you know a lot of guys would be jealous of of a guy's positioning or the way a guy looked or, you know, his physique or where his spot was on the card or how much money he was going to make and versus what you were making. There were, there was a lot of uh, animosity in the business and a lot of people vying for position. Uh, I don't have anything bad to say about Sid. You know, we all were just trying to, to, to make a living and take care of our families in the same industry, you know, at the same time. And uh, no issues there for me. Uh, one more question. Uh, back in those days, who was the, uh, was a like a locker room uh, leader back in then, back in those days? Um, WCW? Not so much because everybody was pretty much professionals. Uh, okay. You know, uh, guys had more experience. During that period, you know, guys that came out of the 80s, like the last half of the 80s, it's like you knew what your job was. You didn't really need to be governed. And, uh, you know, with WCW, you had a boss, but he was at the top. He was in the, the CNN Tower. He wasn't there on the spot. You had a booker that was going to be there. Uh, but but the company kind of ran itself in those days. And, you know, if you were a pro and been around a while, you didn't really need a locker room lawyer to straighten anything out, but, but some of the guys that, you know, if you saw something that wasn't right, there were, there were guys. That up. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And thank you for Lauren for doing such a great job. Uh, thank you very much. Well, thank you. Appreciate you.
Too kind. I don't do a great job, you guys. I'm just like here for the fun. <laughs> I appreciate all of you guys putting me over. Cool. I love it. Arn, you're the best. We got Joshua Weekly. Where is Mr. Weekly? I am right here, Lauren. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, my aren't you glad? I am glad for not one, not two, not three, but four things. And I can say that, uh, number one, my, my health. I've been healthy through all this. Number two, these podcasts that you put on. Thank you so much, Lauren and Conrad. I, I hear you guys probably more than my girlfriend and my mom at this point. Uh, number three, I'm thankful for being furloughed from work so I can stay up late at night and watch old wrestling. And number four, I'm thankful for my girlfriend who is a nurse here in Northern Virginia. She's on the front line and been on there for the past couple months. So it's been a little rough. So, but we've been healthy and I'm just, I'm so glad for that. Um, my question, Arn, is uh, I've been watching you since I was a kid. I started watching in 1988 when you were with the WWF. Um, to piggyback off of Frank's question, uh, SummerSlam 89, you and Tully and the Hart Foundation, it's peanut butter and jelly to me. Uh, the Hart Foundation was my favorite tag team. Brett's my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, and then actually the Dangerous Alliance is actually, for me personally, I like that faction better than the Four Horsemen. Um, you just had so many good workers in there with you and Steve and Rude. Uh, I told that to Medusa when I met her so so much. My question is, um, I'm a huge AEW fan. I love wrestling in general. I watch literally everything. I don't have a crossword to say about anything. I enjoy everything. My question is, though, is that I noticed – now a lot of tag teams especially um in aew with like the bucks and the luchas a lot of it is a spot fest a lot of times and the psychology isn't there um like you had with tully um do you think that's one thing that's missing um from wrestling because i've noticed now i've gotten older i've noticed that i've become more i appreciate more of the psychology and the heel and holding the tag rope um you know, just old school stuff like that. I, I do like the high spots too, but I think there can be kind of a blend of, of both of it. Um, and I don't really see that a lot nowadays. And I was wondering if, if, if you had any, do you feel the same way? If do you talk to those guys, you know, in the back um, and let them know. And my second question is if you could fantasy book a match with guys that are still living and or retired, uh, what match would that be? Mine would be Sting and Undertaker yeah that's a in their prime correct yes absolutely and i always try you know not to be disrespectful of anybody you know but uh it's always better to picture these dream matches in their prime and that's why i can say this how about ftr against tully and arm oh my god yes in their prime yes absolutely those guys are going to, I do believe, uh, once they've had time to settle in and get control of, of a few things, they're going to slow some things down. They're going to they're going to teach some teams that do do just like you said a spot fest. They're going to slow them down, make some of these teams sell, tell a little better story. And I think those two guys, in my opinion, can make the entire tag division better if they will lead and the other guys will follow. They can still get some of that high-impact stuff that you like and everyone else likes, 
But if you don't slow down to let me see what the effect of it is, it's gone. And, I, and you know, five minutes later, I can't remember what you did. You don't ever want that to happen. If I'm going to do something as spectacular as some of the things these guys do, I want you to remember it. But you got to slow down to do that. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, and I've noticed, uh, you know, NXT is a little bit better um, about that. I do think NXT is – uh, hands down, way better than SmackDown and, and Raw. Um, but, you know, I noticed, like, when FTR was in there and they were facing DIY, the matches that they had, they were just absolutely phenomenal. And I just – that's just one thing that, you know, I've I've found that it, it's kind of gone a little bit in wrestling today. It's kind of missed, um, you know, back from you know your time that they missed that. And, and promos, too, as well. I think the best promo ever that I've seen in quite a while was Cody's promo that he cut on Jericho, you know, back in, what was it, October, November. So, you know, I, I think – I don't know if it's a lot of it is scripted in WWE and NXT. You would definitely know better than me. But, you know, letting those guys do their own promos, I think, has been – so much better, you know, in AEW and it's more believable and, and you're the king of promos. So, you know, you would know. Well, it's not, you know, you're a very, very astute guy. Everything with WWE is written for them and they yeah. hand it on a piece of paper. So you're cramming for a test. Okay. Everything that comes out of AEW guys, mouths that are qualified to have a promo is what, you know, nobody's ever told me what to say in the history of my life and the business. I just say what I think should be said and cover it. And, you know, it's me talking to my opponent and talking to the audience. I'm not talking at anyone. And that's the kind of stuff that resonates because you can believe it. You can look in a guy's eyes and when he's talking to you, you can tell, does he believe what he's saying? You know, that in everyday life. And that's part of the thing that is missing, you know, and, Give these guys time. Give us as a company, AEW, some time. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep some of the spectacular stuff. We're going to slow down some other stuff, and we're going to tell some stories and let you care about some of these characters. And I think that's one of the biggest things. If you don't get to know a guy and all you just say is, hey, he's a great acrobat, but tell me something about him. Have him tell me something about himself or her. And that's what we're trying to achieve. Remember, we've only been in business like a year and a few months. So, yep. Thank you, Arne. Yep. I appreciate it. AEW is number one to me. I absolutely love it. I, I don't miss any of it. So, just thank you so much, Arne. As I'm starstruck as well. You know, I've watched you since I was a kid. Damn you for beating my heart foundation in 89. Um, but thank you for everything, Arne. I, I absolutely love you and God bless you. Thank you. Can I just say one thing? That, yep. that, that girlfriend that's the nurse with you? Yes. Thank God for every night. Cause I, I, I do. Because when I look at the pictures on television and I see that that they're having to do overflow, uh, you know, tents and putting outside and all the things that these guys are doing basically to save the world. And I mean, they're literally saving the world. Uh, they can't do, do it all. You know, it's going to take some prayer. And it's going to take some people like me and you and other normal people to do the right things and wear the mask and, you know, do the distancing and do all the right things to heal as a world, not just the country. Uh, she is one of the people that is, you know, my God, she's leading the charge and just thank her, hug her neck for me and tell her how much I appreciate her. I definitely will. Thank you so much, Ron. God bless you. Got it.
Guys, you can get your own masks at boxofgimmicks.com. Make sure you do that. Uh, Take responsibility for your own health. And on that note, Arn, you've been so generous with your time. We really appreciate it. Everyone has been putting over positivity tonight, and I hope you'll all take that um, same energy into your week this week. Thank you guys so much. Hey, man, remember those candies as a kid? Uh, Now and laters, remember those? I used to love those. Well, SaveWithConrad.com has a now and later story for you right now. Just ask Robert in Wexford, PA. He says, actually reached out over a year ago looking into refinancing. Jimmy was great then, but we had the cloud of a reassessment hanging over our head, so we wanted to wait until that was done. Once the reassessment was complete, I shot Jimmy a text message, and we picked things back up, and we didn't miss a beat. He was able to shave almost four years off of our loan, which is awesome because we just bought this house in 2019. And overall, we'll save more than $80,000 off the life of our loan. He's the man. Nope, I disagree, Robert. You're the man for remembering us here at SaveWithConrad.com. I want to remind you that First Family Mortgage really is here to save you money now and later. We want to be your mortgage advisor for life. You're more than just a loan number to us. And if for some reason we can't help you today, we're going to get a game plan together of how we can save you money in the future. At First Family, our goal is to help families save money now and later. And we do that by getting the cheapest possible monthly payment and cutting years off of their loan. So how's this? Robert got to skip his next two house payments. He's saving money now. And he's going to cut years off of his loan. He's saving money later. And we're ready to help you right now at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. That's SaveWithConrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.